one. All right, let's skip the introductions. We got Mark and Mike on, and myself. All right, the first pil- the first pillow fight is uh Tampa Bay at Detroit. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored by five. I would take uh, Tampa Bay there. Why not? Uh, James Winston is playing even with his uh, fractured hand. They throw up a lot of points, and even their backup is a is a decent player. Uh, yeah, I like James Winston and that Bucks Bucks win that game. I like uh, I don't I don't think they'll win by the, I don't think they'll cover, but they'll win. Okay. I think they're just, the Lions are just playing out the string, uh, getting the master suite ready for Harbaugh. Tampa big in this game. You and this damn Harbaugh thing, I love I like, it. I like Harbaugh in Detroit, man. I, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad you snuck that in there. I like Harbaugh in Detroit, even though, even though even though Tampa Bay, I think, is a better landing spot with him for him. But uh, Detroit is a uh, Midwest town, um, and Harbaugh will be more comfortable there. I think. You think those people are going to let him go from the college team in the same state to the pro team and still root for him? That guy hasn't beaten Ohio State in five years. I think you're misreading this entirely. There's no way the Detroit Lions pick him up. Detroit, he can't Detroit, even win in college. The Detroit Lions are not smart enough to even win. Uh, football game. Oh uh, yeah. So you're absolutely why, right. He's the biggest thing that had ever happened to them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Never mind. Okay. One thing you have to remember is Detroit Lions are also a college football team. So it's just going from one university to the next. I can make that. You are absolutely right. (laughs) Now, normally I would scoff at this game, but this is actually a meaningful game. Philadelphia at Washington. Uh, Philadelphia is uh, favored by six. Wow. That's it? Good grief. Six on the road. That game's only, impo- only important to Phillies. They're the only ones chasing the playoff uh, spot. Washington can just play spoiler. Yeah. If, 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 I don't see Philly losing that game, but if they don't win that game by double digits, that would be a crime. Philadelphia's been so inconsistent. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington actually spoiled this game for them. I wouldn't even bet on this game. I, I think it's up in the air. Yeah, you know what? I have made the mistake. I'll go ahead, Mark. What'd you say, Mark? If it wasn't for the last-minute theatrics of Philly in their last game, they would have been embarrassed on national television. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling Carson Wentz isn't as healthy as people think he is. He's a little gun-shy when he runs. He's not the gunslinger and the devil-may-care guy he was earlier in his career. So, and my worst fear is somebody from the NFC East is going to win the division with a losing record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I made the mistake of uh, using logic in divisional games before, and uh, I, uh, I keep forgetting to uh, stop doing that, and this is definitely a divisional game. So, yeah, uh, Washington in a bow race, 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We got, okay. we got Chicago. You sure the post not the Titanic? Yeah, I, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. 
We got <laughs> we got Chicago at Green Bay. Um and Green Bay is only favored by four and a half. Green Bay doesn't cover. We know that. Green Bay is the Alabama of the NFL when it comes to covering point spreads. And the Bears are fighting for a playoff spot still. So, and I knew that Jim McMahon was going to dive into Mitch Trubisky's body. He's not the same player he was four weeks ago. So, I think it's going to be a. I can actually give the Bears the nod here. Because the Packers always have. I think they're locked up because they know they're going to be in the playoffs either as a division winner or a wild card. That division has been so up and down. I mean, I don't even think the winner of that division deserves to win it, whoever that is, because that division has been so sloppy. Green Bay's offense, if they show up, they can beat the they can beat the Bears. If the Bears' defense shows up, they can beat the Packers. If Trubisky even plays half as good as he's been playing the last couple of weeks, he could easily beat that overrated Green Bay defense. There's so many variables in that game. You know, uh, on paper, oh my God, uh, Green Bay Chicago, that should be a must watch. But uh, if that game ends up in a tickle, a tickle torture, uh, no one's gonna, no one's gonna bat an eyelash. Uh, but I still give it to a. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, Rodgers over uh, Trubisky, but uh, don't uh, laugh at me if uh, the Bears win that game. The Bears are seven. It's amazing how the Packers are a ten and three team. They look more like they're a. Uh, Six and seven yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. That whole division is disgusting. In my opinion, that division is uh, terrible. I don't Bears, I don't understand that division at all. The Bears are seven and six. Um I th- I feel like they're playing a spoiler here. Yeah, they could they could win out and and go ten and six, but ten and six is not gonna get you a playoff spot in the NFC in my opinion. I don't know about this game. I'm just going to take Green Bay, um, but I wouldn't even bet on this game. This game looks really shaky to me. Uh, New, yeah, Eng- New England at Cincinnati. New England is favored by 10 and a half. Oh. New England lost last week, right, to the Chiefs? Yeah. Isn't that two in a row for them? Also, I would like to say, yeah. as I predicted. <laughs> you did. Actually, um, let me let me stop the, the for a Patrick second. Patrick Mahomes. I yeah, go ahead. I had a I had a I had a pretty good week last week, but I think that I'm not keeping total track. But I think that Mark had the best week last week. At, yeah, uh, you were. You did. Why do you say that with a surprising but... lilt in your voice? <laughs> well, because he's jealous. He's jealous of your beard. Of your beard, uh, crystal ball. You definitely picked the fish and hair teams, and they and they won and they won it for you. <laughs> You're a genius. You're. I uh, didn't realize you could uh, predict games based on facial hair growth, but sir, you have uh, found your niche. Well, look, I'm. Surprised. Yeah, I don't read. I don't read tea leaves. I look at the length of facial hair. I'm surprised. I I always assume that I'm going to be the best, and I'm always surprised if uh, somebody bests me. But I am not. Uh, I'm not unwilling to, you know, give credit where credit is due. Mark did a great job last week. Fantastic job, Mark. You uh, you definitely made us, you embarrassed both of us. 
Let's mm-hmm. hope you post this podcast so I can have those words uh, embedded in history forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's recording. <laughs> All right, so, we're gonna definitely charge. We're gonna charge a hundred dollars for this one, just so right. no one will hear it. <laughs> so, what do you guys got for me? What do you guys got for me? New England at Cincinnati. Oh, New England got, is favored by ten and a half. Uh, I got New England. I don't know if they'll cover. Uh, Cincinnati is Cincinnati. There's no way the Patriots lose three in a row. I have a feeling the Patriots are embarrassed, especially with them saying in the media that they spied on the Bills, I mean the Bengals for this game. So I think they're going to run up the score. They could go for 57 easily tomorrow. So Tom Brady's got to save face because Giselle right now is the most famous person in his house. Yeah, it's just like it's just like one of those eighties movies, you know, where the it's the end of the movie and the good guy's getting the shit kicked out of him and then somehow he gets this uh, you know, retard strength and comes back and uh and uh beats the shit out of somebody that's superior to him. I'm gonna take New England and a blowout. Alright, so we got Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee Game of the Week. Tennessee is favored by uh, uh, Tennessee is favored. Uh, I didn't even I wasn't even paying attention. Tennessee is favored in this game by three and a half. Houston is still as, a playoff. As they should be. Houston is still a playoff team. That's crazy. I guess Tennessee right. since since they started Tannehill is six and one. Ryan Tannehill has creeped into the comeback player of the year conversation, which was largely held by Jimmy Garoppolo. And as much as I hate to admit it, Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback currently outside of Lamar Jackson. Uh, he is the best quarterback in the AFC, but nobody wants to talk about it. Wait a minute, I got Tennessee. Gotta, Tennessee wins this game. I gotta, Tennessee I gotta, wins this game. I got to interject this. I did not realize this, but the Texans are on top of the AFC South at eight and five. The Titans are under them at eight and five. This is the game. Mark nailed it. This is the game of the week. Yeah. Because Houston beat, Houston beat the Titans when you had Marcus Mariota under center. So that's why they're sitting in first place. So if Tennessee wins, then it goes to how well you have done in your division and your conference. But one interesting stat I found was in the last five games, the Tennessee Titans have averaged 37 points a game. Wow. They are the yeah. The Tennessee Titans, man, are the hottest team in the AFC outside of Baltimore. The only questionable thing is Derrick Henry's got a Mickey Mouse hammy situation going on, so he's going to be a game-time decision. If he doesn't play... I see the odds switching, and it could be Houston by 10-plus if you don't have your balancing running game to go with Tannehill Magic. Yeah, I agree with that. Derek Henry has quietly put together uh, a very, very good season, and uh, it's only been uh, it's only been put a light on because they've actually been winning and are currently in a playoff race. So, uh, But again, we discussed this last time. Tannehill next year is just going to be another Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in about four or five games into the season. They're going to figure him out. 
and uh, Tennessee's going to fall back down to earth. But uh, I'm really enjoying uh, what they're doing. Right? Their defense is better than people are giving them credit for, too. Uh, but you're right. If their cannon can't go and they can't run the ball, uh, Houston might uh, might uh, put up a, might put up a 10-plus point uh, win on them. So yeah. it's, it's the game of the week. Mark was right. I, I like what you guys are saying. This is definitely the game of the week. I'm still going to take Houston because I like the quarterback in, in Houston better. Um, Seattle at Carolina. Um, this is, I think, uh, Seattle is favored by six and a half. I think Seattle is going to easily cover this. I don't think this is going to be much of a game. Well, the, uh, the Niner fan in me wants Seattle to lose every game for the rest of eternity, but, uh, I don't think that happens. I think Carolina, uh, puts up a decent fight, but, uh, the Seattle Seahawks pull away in the second half. Your boy's prayers were answered last week in Seattle putting up, I think, the worst performance they had all season. So I expect them to bounce back. I think anybody watching the game will turn it off and start watching Looney Tunes about halftime. So the Russells will demolish the former Rivera Newtons. So let's move on to another game. All right, Denver, right. Denver at KC. KC is favored by nine and a half. I'm Let's gonna, move on to another game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take KC in this game, but I don't know if they're gonna cover that nine and a half. I think they're gonna win this game. Denver is playing tough, but KC is rolling. Uh, it seems like KC is uh, kind of struggles against their own division. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to take. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna bump my head in here and take Denver in this game because Denver uh, plays their division pretty tough. Last week that Drew Lockhead had an amazing game, uh, and Kansas City can't seem to put more than two nickels together when it comes to winning and win two games in a row uh, recently. So uh, I'm gonna look like either the biggest genius of all time, and you people are gonna be praising me next week like we just did, Mark. Or you're going to call me the biggest idiot, but I'm taking Denver to win this game. I'm trying to think of what the secret weapon or key factor or component would be in this game for KC to actually have a shot in the dark. Oh, I know. Mayhomes. Mayhomes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, man. All right. All right. So we got Miami at uh, New York Giants. And the Giants are favored. Listen, the Giants are favored by three and a half. I actually like the Giants here. Um, uh, Peyton, not Peyton, but um, Eli Manning. Last week, he made a fool of me by not throwing four touchdowns as I predicted and only throwing two. I like Eli Manning to uh, win this game. It's the beard. The beard will win. I have nothing to say. All right. so but before we leave this game, yeah. do you think these will be the last three games? Because I think they're going to rest Daniel Jones because why put him out in the middle of a war with a water balloon? The last three games we'll ever see Eli Manning on the field. I, don't, I, think, uh, they, yeah. I, thought, I think this is total nonsense. Like I've been saying from jump, you got Daniel Jones over there and you got this you got Forrest Gump 
This guy has been able to, he is a Hall of Fame, Fame player, but this is a bad team. Why not just keep Forrest Gump under center and keep fucking up until Daniel Jones is ready? Daniel Jones is not ready. He's going to, if you put a young player out there, that guy is going to, is going to fuck with his confidence. But Eli Manning, uh-huh. Eli Manning, he doesn't give a shit. He's been in the game long enough to know that you have to have a short uh-huh. memory. But this Daniel Jones guy, you know, he's going to be watching TV and scrolling through Twitter and people talking shit about him. He's going to fuck with his head. I looked at the last three games that the Giants have on their schedule. And I can see the perfect Hollywood ending. The Giants host the Eagles in week 17. And Eli could spoil the party and put the Jerry Jonesers into the playoffs by winning the division. But can you imagine at the end of the game, Eli's on the field, win or lose. He goes to the 50-yard line. And everybody in the crowd, all six people chant, thank you, Eli. (laughs) And one of those six will be Dennis. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. I need this to happen on on every level. uh, Yes, please. I hope Mark is right again. Yeah, that, um, that's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) uh, Yes, that would be uh, the case. All right, we got. Oh, man. We got Jacksonville at Oakland, and Oakland is favored by six and a half, which kind of is surprising to me. I'm going to take Oakland to win, but not to cover. I'm going to take Oakland also. Uh, I like Gardner Minshew's uh, stash better than most people do, but that defense is so bad in Jacksonville, which they have no business being bad. But, uh, yeah, they're bad. No one cares. Oakland wins. I like Oakland solely because Jacksonville is focusing on licking their wounds for signing Nick Foles for $84 million and trying to find some taker to buy his contract. So I like the stash, but it's going to be the Raiders. And I think it could be ugly very quickly. Uh, Cleveland and Arizona. I'm actually going to be not at this game, but near this game, like across the street from this game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Cleveland is favored by two and a half at Arizona, and I like Arizona to win this game outright. Yeah, I uh, I think this puts a nail in the Cleveland Browns conference. I don't even think they're a playoff team anyway. I don't know what the record is. It's got to be egregious. Um, so uh, I don't really uh, consider this uh, game to be much of a, uh, a game, really. I think uh, I think the Browns are going to lay down here and uh, fully commit to second. So, yeah, Arizona by at least three. Real quick, uh, the Browns are six and seven. Right. I, I think the key to this game, and I'm taking the Browns, solely is the fact that they have Nick Chubb, who's the second best running back behind Derrick Henry in the NFL. Yeah. I am surprised by the Cardinals, what they've done. I was the first person to say, oh, they'll go 0-16. So I apologize to all those 
Cardinalites and Arizona fans out there. You you were only wrong by like what four games? <laughs> there well, there really three and a half because there's a tie. Oh, I'll true. give you that they half did, a point. They did, they did kiss their sister once this year. I believe that was the first in game Detroit, of the season. In Detroit. Yeah, in Detroit. Oh, huh. yeah. Two homeless, yeah. two homeless teams uh, fight it out to a tie. That's <laughs> hilarious. All right, Minnesota at uh, L.A. Chargers. Minnesota's favorite by one and a half. Um, I don't know, man. Minnesota <laughs> is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the Chargers are uh, bipolar. I don't know what's going to happen here. Uh, unfortunately, Mark, neither one of these quarterbacks has a beard, so you can't pick using that uh, that metric. So uh, Minnesota has been so laughably up and down. They have one of the best offenses on paper in the universe, and they can't seem to beat the teams they're supposed to. And the Chargers, I keep trying to prop the Chargers defense up all season. I keep wanting to give that team all the credit in the world. I haven't picked, I hilariously picked them as a Super Bowl favorite in the AFC, and they've done nothing but embarrass me. I'm tired of choosing uh, the Chargers to do anything logical. Minnesota, I'm tired of picking them to do anything that they should be doing because on paper, they're one of the best talented teams, air quotes, in the AFC. So, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off the uh, reservation here. Uh, this game's going to end in a 10-10 tie. When the Bears beat the Packers, what are these teams? After the Bears beat the Packers, then the Vikings really have more motivation to uh, send Philip River up the river without a paddle. So I have a feeling it's going to be the Vikings. Philip Rivers, here's a, a trade that I heard. We're going back many, many years, almost a decade and a half. The Chargers are going to trade Philip Rivers to the New York Giants, and Eli Manning's going to go finally go under center for the Chargers. Why? <laughs> because <laughs> his brother's not in the league anymore? Oh, oh man, man that's that hilarious. hilarious. That would be the funniest thing of all time. And uh, Eli would deserve it. I think Rivers would deserve it too. Oh well, yeah, well, totally. The Vikings are are nine and four, and in the NFC, you're gonna have to win eleven games to be sure to get a wild card spot. Uh-huh. Um, now we have the. Well, before we leave this game, one question: Is Philip Rivers the modern day equivalent to Dan Marino, and is he a first or second? Ballot Hall of Famer, or won't he make the Hall of Fame at all? He, the, uh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a Dan Marino, not in stats, but in uh, potential. He has the mm. he has the ability to win a Super Bowl, but the you know the ownership, the people around him. That's the smartest thing Eli Manning has ever done is to not go to the Chargers. He knew exactly what he was doing. Well, he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, you know, his uh, handlers knew what he was doing. Um, but, uh, you know, the Chargers was just a really bad spot. Phillip Rivers should be on one of these old school East Coast teams that have a, uh, you know, uh, a good reputation and don't flip coaches out so quickly. 
yeah. Uh, Brian said it, and I'll expand on it. Uh, he's Dan Marino in the sense that his organization has failed him. He's Dan Marino, not in stats, because Dan Marino's stats are well above his. He's Dan Marino in the sense that he's got all the potential in the world. He's put up pinball numbers before. I mean, hell, he had uh, LT for quite a few years, when, and uh, Marty Schottenheimer forgot that LT even existed in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, he's just a victim of a totally wrong franchise. And uh, Philip Rivers uh, has been loyal and didn't need to be. And uh, so kudos for him for that, but also not kudos for him for that because, you know, uh, that guy should have two Super Bowl rings, in my opinion. He should have been, like Brian said, on some uh, well-run East Coast team. Uh, he should have a couple rings on his uh, finger and two Super Bowls on his mantle, but he doesn't. So, uh, that's, uh, and do they, uh, do they make the playoffs uh, before he retires? Probably not. Excellent. What, you don't have anything to say about that? I mean, you don't want to brought it up, Mark. I I don't think he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. He isn't as clutch as people think he is. In big games, he has a tendency to choke. The way he's played the last quarter of this season, I think has tarnished his legacy somewhat. Because I think he's just given up. He doesn't care. He knows he's not going to be in a Super Bowl. He's never going to win a ring. He's just playing out the string, hoping that the Chargers bench him for Tyrod Taylor, who's his backup. And he might get picked up by a team. He might go to Jacksonville. Who knows? They're notorious for paying a lot of money for worthless noodle arm quarterbacks. So there you go. And his his capital of kids will love the Jacksonville weather, as opposed to you know the L.A. weather. They'll be playing in the ocean every day. Look, man, the the Hall of Fame is not about stats. It's not about how good you are. It's not about rings. It's a uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a dog and pony show. It's all about who the media likes the best, and Philip Rivers to my knowledge, has never pissed off the media. He's given them plenty to talk about, whether he's been bad or good. And his stats are good enough to be in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, first ballot. It, it just, I think it just depends on who retires that same year and who's eligible for the Hall of Fame that, that same year. If it's somebody fantastic, then he might have a, a hard time getting in first ballot. But, uh, it's it's all about the the media. Who's uh, you know, who's the most popular guy out there? They're like broads. The, the media is the one that votes those people into the Hall of Fame. So yeah, Dan's got a point. Yeah, thing you got to remember is Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame solely for one prediction, which came true, and he has thrown more interceptions in his career or had in his career. Then he did touchdown passes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at look yeah. at um look at the people that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Their stats. People like um look how hard it was for Randy Moss to get in. Um Roger oh. Craig still isn't in the Hall of Fame. Oh. Um people with great stats. It's just the media has to get a boner for you, man. Oh. 
Yeah, right. we gotta, we gotta play the politics. All right, let's move on. Uh, Atlanta at yeah. San Francisco. I was taught by a very wise man, Dennis, to never go against your team, even though I don't. I'm not totally sure the Niners are gonna cover eleven points. Um, at home against Atlanta, I think Atlanta might have some uh, <clears throat> might have some fight back for them. But I'm gonna take the Niners here, and I'm gonna take the Niners to cover, even though I don't know why. Uh, Look out for Matt Ryan. I don't uh, think the, the Niners will win, but they won't cover. They'll win by four. Matt Ryan will have uh, a. It, it'll be a shootout. Matt Ryan will have a decent game. See, I, I can I can agree with both of those things, but here's here's the problem. Kyle Shanahan basically invented Matt Ryan. Ever since Matt ever since Kyle Shanahan left, Matt Ryan has not been the same. Kyle Shanahan knows Matt Ryan's tendencies. He's going to feed Soleil every ounce, every morsel of weakness that Matt Ryan has, and we're going to exploit that. Now, uh, to Mark's point, could we win by four? Sure. Uh, I think we're going to hang 50 on them because Kyle, Kyle's a petty asshole. So, uh, you know, I might sound like a homer here, but uh, I think Kyle really wants to embarrass them. Kyle wants to uh, remind them who the real, who the real coach uh, was on that team. And uh, the only reason they even made the Super Bowl was because Kyle coached up Matt Ryan to a level that he has yet to match after Kyle has left. So if we read the tea leaves, is Kyle going to embarrass him? Hell yeah. Is that defense playing better than they should be over there in Atlanta right now? Hell yeah, they are. But with all those things being said, if we have a 2-3 pick game against uh, Matt Ryan and we uh, bring him back down to earth, that game's going to get ugly. So I can see it either way. You know, if Mark's right, I'm not going to be surprised. If I'm right, I'm not going to be surprised. But I definitely think the Niners win this game. Rams, uh, regardless of what the score is. Rams at Dallas. Uh, Rams are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Rams are one-and-a-half-point favorites. And for some reason, all the talking heads on TV are picking Dallas to win this game. I don't see why. I think Rams are actually going to blow Dallas out. No, I like the Cowboys here. I think as we discovered in last year's Super Bowl, Goldilocks is not that good of a quarterback. Todd Gurley is running like he's a 12-year veteran. His knees were shot even before he got into the league. And if you just look at the quarterback stats, Dak's got 24 touchdowns and 11 picks, where Goldilocks has got 15 touchdowns and 14 picks. I like the running game of the Cowboys. I like the O-line. I just think that the Rams are going to be put out to, to pasture, and they're going to possibly learn not to give rookies or second or third year players millions of dollars until their rookie contracts run out. I don't want Jerry's world to get a little encouragement, but I don't think the Rams will even have a breath in this game. If, the, if, if Dallas can run the ball behind that monster offensive line, uh, I believe the Rams will lose. But if they can't, and they give Rams life. The Rams have been playing hot the last couple of weeks. They're definitely... Uh, angry now. So uh, they're definitely trying to spoil some teams' uh, playoff uh, seedings. 
And uh, the Rams, if they went out, if or you know, if they uh, win nine or ten games, they might sneak into a wild card spot accidentally, and they could be the most dangerous team in the NFC uh, at that spot. Yeah, so I, um, I agree it, with it, that. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a very very uh, close game um, if the Rams play hot again. But if the Rams win this game, the Rams are the scariest team in the NFC, man. They're like a wounded animal, that, uh, but that wounded animal has, it would have nine wins after that game. If they win ten games and they hold their ten wins up, they're going to sneak into the wild card spot, and that's going to be uh, really, really dangerous for a lot of good teams. So uh, I hope they don't. I really do. I hope Dallas wins and puts them back uh, in their place. But uh, don't, uh, don't sleep on the Rams, man, as much as I hate to say it. You're right. I hope Jerry's world uh, goes under. And burns and that entire stadium just burned to the ground. But uh, Rams are quietly nobody wants to talk about it. But Rams are quietly uh, a very very dangerous team right now. Yeah, so, I don't uh, know what I don't know. Do what not, Marcus, do not I don't know what Mark is talking about here. The Rams are way better coached, a way better coached team than Dallas. Dallas is flopping around. The ownership is at the coaches' throats. Uh, everything is in a disarray. Even uh, your boy Skip on TV has uh, put under the skies on television, and he won't even support Dallas. Dallas is the one team that, if I ever tell a, a sports better to avoid, always avoid Dallas games. Um, Dallas is just not good. Their coaching yeah, is never yeah. going to be good. And uh, McVay is a way better coach, and the Rams are finally running the ball now. What I don't mm-hmm. see, I like an explanation from Mark here. You know, you're the fact. Yeah, let's look at it this way: the fact that the Cowboys are still in contention to win their division, even though it's weak, in spite of their horrible coaching and ownership, the players are coaching themselves. The players are running the team. Look at the skill positions. Who would you rather have? Dak Prescott or Jared Goff? Dak Prescott. He's got more to offer. Who would you rather have? Z bullshit. or Todd Gurley? No, bullshit. I'd rather have Dallas's offensive line. That's what you're really talking about here. Yeah. If you put Jared Goff behind Dallas's offensive line, Jared Goff looks twice as good as he looks now. That's what we're really talking about here. Dak Prescott only looks like that. He's no Russell Wilson. If you put Dak Prescott behind Seattle's offensive line, Dak Prescott gets sacked six times a game, and he has a blown-out knee every year. So, um, I I understand what you're saying, Mark. I get it, but I, I just don't I don't see Dallas out-coaching McVay. McVay's pissed off. McVay knows that he has to get it going again and that he has to make a playoff run. Well, he might get ran out of town. Listen, the reason why the Rams are doing all this dumb shit and signing all these main players is because they have to put butts in seats in a $5 billion stadium that's about to be erected in the middle of Los Angeles. It's all business decisions over there, man. That team has to win. There's no ifs, ands, or maybes. So uh, uh, I, I think I think the Rams are gonna I think the Rams are gonna beat Dallas. But the, the Rams Dallas are playing line. like an old desperate housewife who's trying to hold on to her husband as he's about to run out the door with some six-foot-tall, beautiful, mocha-skinned African-American girl he met at the (laughs) AMPM. Oh, my God. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, but that's not the point. 
the Rams, the Rams have no other choice but to win this game. I'm it comes Rams down to quarterback escapism. Dak can escape and throw yeah. on the run where Goff can't. So if yeah, so I think the Cowboys are playing, forgetting who the the ginger is on the side, and the crazy old duck who's up in the tower of the billion dollar homeless shelter. I had to steal your life. I get the next one. Hey, thank you. I think it's going to get ugly. I think the Cowboys could smoke the Rams thirty-eight to ten. All right. Okay. All right. I like I like that we have different differing opinions on this because uh, I can see it either way. I'm not gonna lie to you. So let's go. I can't I can't see it his way. I I don't see any points that he's made. Um, they're at Dallas, but Dallas never has a home field advantage. They have this no, huge stadium. Don't. They have this huge stadium. They can't fill it. Every time you watch a Dallas home game, there are just as many. Opponent teams uh, fans as there are Dallas fans, and uh, if, if not more, and you know I I uh, normally do not see that stadium filled. Uh, not a uh, I don't want to keep talking about the poor coaching, but the poor coaching, the poor ownership, the uh, the nonsense that's going on in the media, they can't get it together. Nobody, everybody is playing like they don't give a shit. And here's the thing. Dallas can lose this game and still make the playoffs, still win the division. Dallas is 6-7, man. And they can lose this game and still win the division. They have nothing to play for. Yeah. I did not think of that, and Brian is absolutely right. They could win this or lose this game. Winning this game is actually, uh, (laughs) might actually be detrimental to them. (laughs) <laughs> oh, good lord. Yeah, the Rams will be eliminated from the playoffs about 7.30 Sunday evening. All right. What's the next game? What do we got next? Okay, uh, Buffalo at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is favored by one. Pittsburgh has been hot, man. Um, This is actually oh. a game that I might take a peek at. Because Buffalo needs to keep winning, they need they're fighting for a uh, a playoff spot, a wild card, and Pittsburgh is too. Pittsburgh, I think, have won. Uh, I think they won eight games. Let me take a look. They're eight and five. Eight and five. There you go. And um, Buffalo has won nine games. So this is going to be a game. You know, people, it's going to be a uh, rock 'em sock 'em robots out there. Yeah. I like uh, I like what I like what Pittsburgh's doing behind the law firm, Devlin Hodges, man. That guy's four one. He's uh keeping that team afloat. Um like I said, you know, earlier, if uh, they want to tell Ben Roethlisberger to go uh kick rocks and go play somewhere else, they should probably uh do it because uh they might no, be able no, to be no, up no, the no, team no, on this no, kid. No, 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 no. Say what you said earlier about Roethlisberger. <laughs> Okay, so I, I may or may not have said that uh, if the, the Steelers want to tell Ben Roethlisberger to go rake somewhere else, that they probably should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hoping Buffalo plays as well as they did last week because they somewhat neutralized 
Lamar Jackson, if they had a top 15 quarterback and they would have taken advantage of the opportunities that they were given against the Ravens defense, they would have won that game. I think the over in this game should be like 38. It's going to be low scoring, defensive battle, and they're both playing for the playoff lives. Buffalo, I think, has more motivation, as Mike pointed out last week. When was the last time we talked about the Bills in the playoffs and having 10 wins and potentially being tied for first place? So I'm not ready to give up on them yet, but I think the way that they played and competed against the front runner for the NFL MVP award, I think that'll carry them to this game. And I like the Bills by a field goal. Yeah, Buffalo um, is the best shitty team in the league. They uh, every once in a while they have a. Uh, a way of just building a pretty good team. This is actually one of the better teams that they've uh, put together. And uh, I'm kind of rooting for them to, uh, you know, keep it up. Keep up the running game and the defense, man. Make the NFC East interesting again. Make the NFC East great again, for fuck's sake. All right. uh, We got New... uh, No, we have Indianapolis at New Orleans. And we have uh, New Orleans minus nine. I think uh, New Orleans is going to be mad as hell. Uh, and they're going to come out there and put a foot in Indianapolis' ass. Yeah, it's going to get ugly fast. Yeah, yeah. we have no other choice. New Orleans has to uh, keep pace. <clears throat> the only thing you have to remember is New Orleans has, what, since week eight? Had their division locked. So, what motivation do they have? But if they have that little number seven Huckleberry Finn guy come out there one more time, I think I'm going to have to um, announce myself as being a person who loves LeBron James. And I can't stand that guy. Every time he puts seven on the field, every time he puts seven on the field, Brian nailed this last week. You put seven on the field, he's going to get the ball, he's going to be thrown for an eight-yard loss. So why not just take a knee or get into victory formation instead of throwing that guy out there? So I can see the team winning. Well, I I think he's been stopped virtually every time he touches the ball in every game. I've never seen him move forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was... He looked, I don't even think he had a positive yard in that game. Nick Bosa, and like you, you literally know that he, he sat from behind the line for an eight-yard loss. So uh, he uh, he's a gimmick, man. They uh, they don't have anybody else on that offense. If you look, it's Michael Thomas, and then everybody keeps saying they got all these other players, but it's Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas disappeared for three and a half quarters against that against the Niners, and then he decided to play the last eight game, the last eight minutes of that game, he made two plays. And because he had over 100 yards and a touchdown, all these Saints fans are telling me, oh, look at Mike, look at Mike. No, look at him prior to that. He made two plays. You people love taking things out of context and love gassing people up because their total stats were uh, were really good. But guess what, bud? You lost. 
stats don't mean unless you win. Yeah, they did more than just put number seven out there as a gimmick. Going for the two-point conversions, that, I don't know. I, I like Latavius Murray and Kamara in their backfield, so I think Indy can say, hey, we almost made it to eight and eight, and it was a good run, but they're going to get blown out in this game. Yeah, they, yeah, Saints have no choice but to uh, embarrass them. I like the Saints also. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But what about, uh, what's that, hey, Mike, what's that cornerback that uh, the Giants waved? Janoris Jenkins? Oh, J- Janoris Jenkins. So uh, nobody knows the story on this guy. Uh, the reason why he was waved was because he went on Twitter and called someone a retard. And then someone asked to for him to apologize. He gave what appeared to be by the media and his uh, superiors to be a fake apology, and he was released. Or, I'm sorry, he was waived for calling somebody on Twitter a retard. Wow. And he blamed it because of his upbringing. He said it's just a, a hood thing, and that's how people talk in his neighborhood and where he was growing up. I'm not going to apologize. I use that term virtually 10 million times a day. <laughs> I, uh, I'm gonna, you're not you know, personalizing it. You're just yeah. saying you're that was retarded. You're re, you're a retard. Not hey. making you know making fun yeah. of those who are challenged. But no. you can't get rid of the vernacular you used when you were growing up. Everybody is too hypersensitive, sensitive, and they're just a bunch of retards. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, me and Brian uh, growing up used to say that shit to each other. We didn't mean it as a, as a, as a detriment to people who are uh, mentally challenged or anything like that. I mean, we used to call each other gay for doing gay shit. And it wasn't because we don't like gay people. It was just because, hey, you're a straight male. Don't do gay shit. That's it. I don't know why people have such a hard time wrapping their brain around that shit. Is you know, if you do something dumb, you look like a retard, you know? I'm sure some sensitive-ass millennial decides to listen to this podcast and, uh, you know, wants to get offended. Fine. Take your picketing somewhere else. No one cares. You know, etymologically, yeah. that word is not a real problem. But then again, most offensive words are not a real issue anyway. Anyway, what else well, you guys got for well, me? Not. My fucking laptop is not uploading the uh the site here and I was every to... word that someone uses somebody else could be offended it's it's just the way it is but with everybody having to get along and all these protected classes you know it's stupid it's gay it's retarded it's complete faggotry and I'm tired of it. Yeah. And I think I'm going to go put my black face on and go walk the streets in my Anglo-Saxon white Protestant neighborhood and be proud of it. Yeah, it's yeah, it well, really you're, is tiresome, you're from man. the hood. You're from the hood. You're from, you're from Inglewood, sir. You can do that. It's, it's Thank really you. Tiresome. Um, oh, uh, the Cardinals cut Terrell Suggs, but he's Ooh, been over yes. the hill for a long time. Uh, where do you think he'll land? Because the only teams that's going to pick him up are teams that could make the playoffs or 
possibly kind of make the playoffs? Um, well, of course the Niners need him because the Niners have a very depleted uh, pass rushing uh, depth. We've had so many injuries to the defensive line, and uh, our best our best pass rusher outside of Nick Bosa won't be back until the playoffs. D Ford. Um, but see, the problem with that is, is I believe he was cut because he's 37. He probably asked him, "Hey, look, we're not making the playoffs. If I'm going to play again, I would like to play for a contender." So he was waived. Uh, he wasn't cut, unfortunately. Um, and the Niners have the 31st waiver priority, which is second to last. Um, I highly doubt he makes it to us. But if by some God gift he makes it to the Niners' uh, waiver claim number, I do not see uh, John Lynch uh, missing out on that. So uh, I believe Terrell Suggs literally walked into the GM's office and said, look, man, I ain't getting any younger. You know, I'm making the playoffs. At least let me go play for someone who's got uh, a shot, you know. And uh, uh, I think they pettily waived him instead of cutting him so he could choose his team. So if he gets picked up by the Miami Dolphins, you know, he's screwed, you know. So <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't see that happening, but you get what I mean. You know what I mean? They're not just going to let a player that uh, – he has five and a half sacks this year, man. He's, uh, he's not he – hasn't, he hasn't totally lost uh, what he does best, and that's rest of the passers. So he could definitely be a good rotational guy for a team that's looking for some more depth. Uh, that's uh, making a playoff run. Have you guys I love seen the Niners, but I doubt he's going to make it. Have you guys seen Talking this? about the – hold on one second, Brian. Sorry to interrupt. Talking about the Niners' injuries, what impact is there going to be losing your starting center? Uh, none, not much at all, because if you look at what happened, uh, Ben Garland played a hell of a game uh, that he came in for last week. And uh, from what I understand, he's a hell of a preparer. And uh, it's kudos to the coach. It's kudos to the entire coaching staff, man, on both sides of the ball. We have literally plugged and played every single player in this, in, in this, uh, on this depth chart at some point or another, and they've excelled. Except for maybe one, except for maybe that safety that we played last week against the Saints. He was terrible. But uh, from what I understand, he, his PFF grade was really high, and I'm not that I'm a big fan of those, but... Uh, you know, he played very well, but, but uh, starting center outside of left tackle is the most important position uh, uh, on the offensive line. So hopefully he keeps it up. If he does, I don't think we'll miss a beat. If he doesn't, then yeah, you're right. Niners, it could be a big detriment. So you're not, the, you're the not concerned about the exchanges under center or the... He didn't fumble any snaps yeah. to Jimmy. No, the Niners run this outside zone. There's so much movement and so much misdirection that I would say that the offensive line, you know, this goes against my philosophy on football, but this is an exception. The offensive line is not as important as it is for other teams with this team. Because the Niners run the ball so much, that favors the offensive line so that they're pushing yeah. instead of uh, backing up and trying to push. Yeah which is a right. huge disadvantage if you're doing that all of the time, then you have to be smart. You have to be good. No, the Niners uh, offensive linemen just have to be fat, and they just have to be um, well-trained to do what they do. Yeah. And they're going to always keep the defense on skates, so I, I don't think it's a big problem. Well, do the Niners have the unfortunate position of leading the leagues in injuries again. It seems like that team, the, the injury bug, it's like a flu bug. Once they get one, they get 
Because the year that Bowman got hurt, and it was like every week, two or three guys were just going down for the count. The Niners have 14 uh, players that are on IR right now. I'm sorry, how many? Yeah. 14. The league lead is 16. I think it's the Seahawks. So the Niners are still very close, but the way these guys are playing, they're playing so fast. They're playing like it's the playoffs every game. I, I'm starting to understand why they're getting injured. They're uh, These guys are flying around, man. And uh, one important thing, I don't know who said this, but they said that the team takes on the personality of their coach. And I see why they're flying around. Uh, uh, Shanahan is that type of guy. You watch him out there, and he's very aggressive. And uh, the team is picking up on that. And you're going to have to fly around to uh, be on this team. Nobody is sitting on their haunches. No, Who do you gentlemen think is the front runner, legitimate front runner for the league MVP? Oh, it's Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson. 100%. Lamar Hands Jackson. down. I thought the, the last person who had a chance to, to contend with Lamar Jackson was Russell Wilson, and he lost the MVP race when he lost to the Rams. My pick is Russell Wilson, but I know that Lamar Jackson is just so popular right now. But the reason why I pick Russell Wilson over Lamar Jackson is because Lamar Jackson is benefiting from a gimmick that's not going to work next year. Russell Wilson is the real deal. He can play the game and will himself to win. And uh, Lamar Jackson is a rookie. No, he's not a rookie. Um, he's the second well, guy, but he's he's just, second year. he's just a young punk that has a has a pretty good gimmick. Yeah, I agree with Brian. I think that the way the Niners and I just lost, uh, the, and the Bills played against Lamar Jackson. The rest of the league is going to watch the film and figure it out. I expected him to have a sophomore slump, but as bad as he was last year, and he couldn't handle and hold on to the ball, to be the equivalent of Michael Vick this year, there has to be some kind of trickeration going on. So I think he's going to come back down to earth People keep, the next season. But I like Russell Wilson solely because he's got a civil offensive line, a defense that's suspect, not really that many go-to guys. He's got Lockett and he's got Carson. But if you didn't have Lamar Jackson, switch the players. Lamar Jackson would not be able to keep Seattle in the running and I think Russell Wilson could have the Ravens undefeated at this point. You so I like Russell for that. You, you mentioned Michael Vick, and everybody keeps everybody keeps talking about Michael, Michael Vick and, and, and comparing him to Lamar Jackson. Let, let's not forget here, people. Michael Vick was not that good. Michael Vick put up good numbers, and he got to the playoffs sometimes, but he didn't. He never was able to bust the grape. He was never able to get over the hump. Michael Vick was not that good. So what we talking about? We're talking about quarterbacks that can run. Fine, he can run. Great. I think Michael Vick had a lot of good raw talent, 
that was not harnessed in the proper direction. He was in Atlanta and Philly. He was partying a lot. He was doing his dog fighting championships. (laughs) And if he had the right person to mentor him, then I think he would have been a lot more successful. But, you know, they're comparing Lamar Jackson to the greatest potential lead option quarterbacks. I would put Warren Moon, Steve McNair, and Randall Cunningham over him. And those were pocket quarterbacks who could run, but they realized that the most important thing as a quarterback is being able to stand in the pocket and get the ball out within two and a half seconds, even if it's throwing it out of bounds. But I think the, I'm going to digress for a second, but I think Warren Moon could have had several rings if he was drafted from Washington and played in the NFL first. You can talk about Canada as being the bastard cousin or stepchild of the NFL, but he won five Grey Cup championships. What about Steve Young? Steve Young had wheels. Steve Young's not compared to the black quarterback. Oh, black quarterback. For abilities, Steve Young and Lamar Jackson are more comparable than than Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick. Michael Vick is the the fastest uh, quarterback uh, that's ever played the game. Lamar Jackson is the product of Greg Roman. Greg Roman has an enormous offensive line, just like he did in San Francisco when we, when we went to the Super Bowl with Kaepernick. Kaepernick is not the passer Lamar Jackson is. But if you look at Lamar Jackson's stats, all these Baltimore Ravens fans are trying to tell me that this style of play is going to be sustainable for his entire career, and I'm just going to sit back and wait for someone to stick their helmet behind Lamar Jackson's knee and turn him into RG3 and then listen to the excuses. Here's the problem. If Lamar Jackson does become more of a pocket passer and everybody's like, oh, he leads the league in touchdowns in the pocket. Yeah, okay, context helps, but if you look at all the games, Lamar Jackson has not thrown for more than 30 times. He's only done it once. Earl Thomas. He's only completed, he's only completed over 20 passes uh, six times. Earl the guy's not throwing the ball. Earl Thomas is the safety for the Ravens, and he said that he thinks that teams are targeting uh, Lamar Thomas's legs. Well, this guy is yeah. 6'2", 220 pounds, and he's got wheels. So you're going to have to hit him at his legs. And you, Mike is absolutely right. That's not sustainable. And I wouldn't su- be surprised if, uh, uh, if the playoffs showed um, you know, some of those uh, problems that could arise. We got one minute left. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think uh, all it's going to take is for some scrub off the bench to come over there and uh, pop Lamar one good time and then boom. His, careers, his career arc goes from Hall of Famer to uh, RG3. Uh, I'm not a fan of this guy. He's hot right now. He's, he's the uh, soup of the day. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens when Greg Roman gets figured out for not the first time, but the second time in this league, and then the entire state of or the entire city of Baltimore wants Greg Roman uh, stoned uh, outside the stadium when uh, Lamar Jackson's career goes in the toilet in the next three years. But on and they'll be chanting for Flacco to come back. 
Oh, good Lord. I don't understand it, man. Baltimore Ravens fans just need to enjoy the moment. The moment is here. You know, live in the present. Accept the fact that this guy is not going to be a 10-year, 15-year uh, starter playing the way he does. And then trying to tell me that he's going to wrap, they're going to wrap a West Coast offense around him. 